Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and your overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling with another episode. And today, I have a special guest, a friend, business partner, someone that I love and appreciate dearly. And I'm honored to have him on the show today to just share a different side of him, a a part of his journey, things that he's experienced over the last almost kind of just shy of a year or so, depending on when you check out the episode. We're going to get into a little bit of a deeper dive with the Devin Wade, Dev Nasty, Mr. Choke Your Mom Out, Choke Your Pop Out, that's not all for this. of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's not for this show. It doesn't follow think. you? It doesn't follow I you? I don't think. No, no. No? No. Cool. So listen, so we have Dev on the show today and grief and loss and mental health and all of those things are so important, but I think a lot of times, two things, I think lately- Mental health has kind of gotten to a point where maybe it becomes a buzzword in some regard. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily say like trendy intentionally, but I don't know that everyone really knows what it's like. And then do we take it for granted that when we say everybody's going through something, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but do we really understand sometimes the magnitude of what everyone's something could be? Yeah, Uh, I don't think people understand what everyone something could be um perspective is a is a lot of things you know god made us all so different and the way that we um that we uh feel pain you know what i'm saying so even when they talk about something physical different people argue over pain tolerance you know there's mental pain that people go through and people take things uh differently and even with like you know the person who i'm here to talk about today um he often would ask me stuff about why um i'm why i came out differently than him you know what i'm saying um based on us having a a lot of similar situations obviously coming from the same place you know what i'm saying no definitely so just kind of to walk us into you Mm kind of already did that Mm -hmm. it's because he's a natural host but Mm -hmm. because we kind of got into that a little bit briefly so some people may or may not know Mm -hmm. but at some point recently, you and yourself and your family went through some very, very tragic times. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about it. We talked about it pretty deep when it first happened. And then, you know, here and there, we'll kind of touch on it, but not as deep. And I understand. I will say that when you know someone in a certain light, for example, like how I perceive you and how other people around you might see you, like Dev is the kind of person that. His energy is just always in a good spot. Like even no matter what you're going through, I feel this way. It's just my opinion from the last couple of years of us being friends. So when this scenario presented itself, it was like, I don't want to idolize you. So I don't want to say like Superman losing his cape or something Mm -hmm. like that happening. But it was a very unusual experience to see someone really in the spot that you were in. So unfortunately... You lost your brother, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell us a little bit about that. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I guess to try to understand what you're saying, it was um, 
I'm not normally in a situation where I feel like uh, helpless. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So, so I'm a um, you know, anybody that watches, you know, our shows and stuff, like so many things happen in business behind the scenes that go wrong. My mind instantly goes to how can I fix it? I, I'm. Some people might even think when a when a problem occurs that I'm being like um, like I don't care. No, it's not that I don't care. It's that I instantly go into what can I do to salvage or fix this? And when you lose a person close to you in the way that it happened, it's like, there's no fixing. I can't do nothing about this. And that's where I felt like powerless and the depression level was, I is undescribable. I could not like suicidal undescribable. You know what I'm saying? Like that level, you know? No, that's definitely deep. I remember and I recall, I, I know exactly where I was. I was driving to work. We were having a conversation. It had only been maybe about a couple of days since your brother's passing. And you were saying that you like you just want this to this moment to just not be like mm -hmm. to just be able to hit that fast forward. And I think a lot of people can relate to that when you're just sitting in that powerlessness. It's such an uncomfortable, unfamiliar spot that is like, I need to get out of this was this your first time in life that you can remember feeling like that um yeah I, I when it was this level so you know um one of my best friends um breeze his mom passed away um well, you know in my mid-20s it was like a super it felt terrible devastating i felt like um when his mom died i was like kind of paranoid like i thought my mom was going to die next because when you lose somebody like that Beyond that, it was a lot of things that have happened over the years, cousins, uncles, things that happened. But this is different um, because so my family is very large. Uh, we're from Moore Street in Camden. Well, some people think we're from Cherry Street, depending on whatever era. And um, there's a lot of us. My mom is one of 15 brothers and sisters, wow. 12 in one house, stuff like that. So a lot of people, what they don't understand with my family dynamic, I was raised in like different people's houses and these are family, like aunts and stuff. So my, I have a bunch of cousins, a ton of them, you know what 15 people make, obviously. Yeah. And, um, but three of us, um, myself, Devin Robinson, Kevin Robinson, who was a year older than me. And then one more is Jerron Robinson. Um, us three were always called brothers but we're actually cousins we just were raised with each other like the the amount of closeness um you couldn't get no closer you know what i'm saying and most people knew us for that because they might see oh, oh the, these dudes live in in the same house they share a room whatever the case may be and um with this loss it was crazy because certain things happen in your life and the only people that I can call about those things is Kevin or Jerron because they were the only ones there. You know what I mean? And, um, and now all I have is Kevin in that, in that respect. Um, so not being able to just reach out to him. Um, first I want to, I want to scroll back cause I could end up all over the place. Excuse me y'all because this is, I, it took a lot for me to even um, 
do this. I kind of been postponing this for a long time or whatever, because I'm not I, I don't want to be the guy like on camera, like just crying and can't get words out and stuff. Um, My brother, Jerron, dealt with a lot of things from like childhood trauma, things that happened to him specifically, things that happened with everybody that he just dealt with differently. He had a lot of anger behind it with his mother you know what i'm saying he had a lot of different anger um um at one point he ended up in a a juvenile it was like a a, a program um uh, a lot of people know of it i'm trying to think of w w vision quest you know he was in vision quest it was a lot of different things that that happened with him um i mean there was a, a issue with him you know dealing with an older woman that was, you know what I'm saying? Things that was inappropriate that took place um, around like 14 years old with like a woman that was like 30. It's a lot of things that happened that affected him in a certain type of way and had him in a real, real depressed state about, um, about life. And um, I watched him struggle with these things forever the way that he would lash out would be differently and then obviously that's where the talks come in where he's saying why am i in his mind why am i messed up and you're just doing what you're doing getting in front of cameras talking to people doing show you know and um you know and just having that conversation with him where it's like bro we just we're just different you know what i'm saying and having to constantly you know remind somebody about how um important they are and name all of these great things that they you know, did for you. Now, some years back, I remember um, he got into some kind of argument with his wife or something like that. And he calls me and he says, it, it was like super early in the morning. He calls me and he says, I need you to take care of Jonah, his son. You know, I need you to take care of my son because I'm not going to be here to do it. And he just hangs up the phone. Mm. Now, mind you, it's like six o'clock in the morning. I hop out the bed. I'm calling him back. I'm calling everybody. I'm calling my brother Kev. I'm calling everybody. And even then trying to explain that to, you know, what I told to his wife, I try to explain to her, like, she's like, oh, he's just talking because a lot of people do say right. things to, invoke a, a reaction and i said i'm telling you now he not calling me saying that he means it my brother kev actually left his job sped over to the house went in there had to like kick in the door went in the house and found him on the floor and he had overdose wow. on pills this was years ago they got him you know to the hospital um they had to like keep him there longer though than the, the first day because they were like pumping his stomach trying to get the stuff out of him. And that was like when he first entered into like the real like mental health world where he would be the inpatient at a place. We have to go visit him and see him and then they'll let him out and he'll do well for a while. And then, mm -hmm. you know, triggers will happen. And there was multiple times that um he actually attempted it. And, I'm not saying you'll get numb to it, but you'll start to feel like he is nothing's going to happen to him. Almost like, nah, he's invincible. He's going to try this mm -hmm. type of stuff. And uh, there was another time where he did something and um, he tried to kill himself with um, like car exhaust. He like, uh, but 
he had, I think his wife put like a, had like a tracker on his phone and we were able to go over there and find him. But when I, when I showed up, I think that I thought this is like crazy th stuff, man. I thought that he shot himself because I, when I, when I started getting up to the car, it was like in the woods, it, it was, um, the glass was broken. But really what happened was the authorities had got there. He was like knocked out in the car. They bust the window out and took him out. So he was in the hospital again. So he dealt with that kind of stuff before. But on January uh, the 30th of January or whatever, or January 31st, whatever, um, I woke up to a call from his wife and she said he did it again you know, with pills, but she's, she's hysterical. She's saying, I think he really did it this time. Like I'm trying to talk to him and his eyes are rolling back. You know, the, the, um, the people in the ambulance, the EMTs, they're there to, they take them out and all of that stuff, rush them to the hospital. And, um, you know, I had to go down to Atlantic city and they weren't even letting his wife see him it was very very strange she's saying like they won't let me up there i don't know what's going on so once i showed up and they found out who i was they was like okay we'll talk to you this is what's happening with him but what was crazy was there was a security guard there and the security guard because we wasn't getting any information i'm getting anxious I'm, right he's telling me listen man your brother is fine mm. i've sold him back there they got him under control He's just sleep right now, but he is fine. I'm telling you, I was back there and saw him. And um, this guy couldn't have been more more wrong. Couldn't have been more wrong. I, I still to this day don't know whether or not he confused who we were talking about or if he was just willing to say anything to um calm us down mm -hmm. in the um in the waiting room of the hospital. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you said so many things there that I'm just trying to think about all of it. One thing that I think, too, when we talk about just like our childhoods and especially like where, how a lot of us grew up in just different households and mixed family and then but also experiencing similar traumas and different experiences, but coming out differently. So when you said we're just different. Mm -hmm. What can you elaborate on that? Because I think that 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 can't just be breezed past because okay. we've all been faced with those things. Um. So one of the things is um. So if you know what an empath is, that's a person that feels for other people. Um. I naturally feel for other people and things like that, but him is on a different level. He could see people suffering in you know, whatever's going on in Israel and in and, and, and Palestine and really be like depressed about what's happening. Okay. He, you know, when he sees somebody that's in trouble, he's he's gonna do anything he could. Like it's certain dangerous situations that I watched him get in. Um, even with me when we were younger, like I'm talking about life or death, guns, death, like and it was because he felt bad when somebody else was in was in trouble so even something as small as from from something big like that all the way to something as small as you know you grow up in the 80s and in in in, in the 80s and 90s you you know something happens you get in a fight at school your parents to walk you around the other person's mm -hmm. house and make you you know 
make you throw hands in the, yeah. and you know for me I was completely fine with that and he was the toughest one so I looked at it like he's completely fine with that but as talking to him as grown men when we would speak he hated it mm. he didn't like um putting his hands on beating somebody up he didn't like any any of that type of uh you know stuff so even with something that small that you don't realize like what separates people and make them you know what I'm saying? Um, I might be able to, you know, be in an abusive situation with, um, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to be like throwing nobody under the bus, but with um, parental figures and things like that and be able to grow up and just say, yo, I accept your apology. I know you was going through a lot, whether it was drugs was the problem. The fact that you was abused, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Sure. It wasn't as easy for him to just say. You know, I'm cool with the fact that you did what you did to me when I was younger. Me, on the other hand, I find um like a peace in letting stuff rock. You know what I'm saying? Like I can say, you know, when my you know, when I was younger and um I was living with my aunt that I call mom. You met my mom, you met both of yeah, my moms, yeah. you know. My but um you know, she ended up on crack during the that crack era. And um at ten years old she kicked me out the house. Um so I ended up living with another family member. Actually, me and my brother Kev went and stayed with that family member. Um things like that, I, I you know, I feel like she's more upset about it than me. Apologetic. I'm sorry that I did that, that I kicked you out of the and for me it's just like, yo, it's all love. I love you. I, I you was going through something. I'm um, I'm all right. I'm cool. It wasn't the same way for him. I think most. I would say, and again, I'm mm -hmm. I'm don't know any research on mm -hmm. this, but I would say more people are like Jerron, mm -hmm. in the sense that you carry that resentment and you feel a certain way. Where I think it's harder, just based on my friends and just family, and even myself in some seasons of my life, where it's harder to just be like. I get it. Like you were going through stuff. I'm more like that now, but I think most people have that, just that anger, that resentment. And then also too, when you become a parent yourself, it's like harder to understand to an extent, maybe how people acted and behaved where I think it becomes a little more easy to understand. Like, man, if, if that was my cards, but I can understand, you know, what he's saying there about feeling that way and how you explain that. When you were going to the hospital and you got this call this time, mm -hmm. unfortunately, what was your what was your mindset? What was your hope hope level like? Like did the security guard have you become more calm or did you still feel like until I get to him and see him, I can't believe I anything? I felt more calm. Okay. He survived situations from before. See, this is the thing that people don't understand, right? About um committing suicide and I, I know that's a controversial word right now people want to say other things but I, I disagree and i have the right to you, you know what's just so the, what's in the case term? people don't know yeah. people, it it has been changed where people would say died by died by suicide yeah. the reason why i say commit suicide is because it's a it's the ultimate commitment some you know people have been down in their life before and thought about it but when you really go through with it it's a different level of commitment um you're saying goodbye to everybody you love your family people that rely on you all kind of stuff uh, i mean putting people in financial is a is a lot that goes with that so 
a lot of people think that people are bluffing because they've said it before and didn't do it. But you understand you only die once. you can't you can't say that because you only die one time so if they if you thought they were bluffing that the first three times they tried or whatever you thought they were and then they die was they pretending the other times no they weren't that's real they weren't pretending um you just couldn't understand that people aren't always looking for attention and even if they are that doesn't mean that they're not teetering with that edge of doing that um other family members cousins would say things like you know what this time must have been different dev because there was no breadcrumb he didn't call me like he did the first time and say yo take care of my son bro and hang up the phone Mm -hmm. that gave me a lifeline and opportunity for to get one of us over there to do it wasn't no call this time i talked to him some days before that and we had a phone conversation that was i believe two hours and 38 minutes because i look at that a screenshot of that call all the time where we talked about everything i had to remind him of how important he was he was just in a down place And I had to really explain to him all the things that we, you know, went through, how, you know, when we were in, you know, he's in one house over here out in Berlin. I'm in Camden or Pensacola. He might be at his house with no electricity or, you know, uh, the water's cut off. I still wanted to. And I'm I'm coming here this weekend. I'm, I'm spending the night over here because I'm explaining to him like it didn't matter if things was messed up over there or whatever. I came there for you. Even during his little youth bid and everything, the phone all day, you know what I'm saying? All day. Then you get your little, like they get like a work release thing. We go school and find ways. I'm going to go to your job. You know, just trying to explain to somebody how important they are. And we just reflected on so many crazy, um, adventures you know i never tell you know the full story of how i ended up down south and had to rescue my you know um a girl that i went to school with that became my girlfriend from a a kidnapping situation it was him that helped me with that situation him and some of his friends um you know and i had to hide for two years and you know i explained to him like bro you're the reason why there's certain people that even exist in this world at this point you're an important person. And what's painful is that a few days after that conversation, it wasn't enough. You'll start reflecting back to be like, yo, what could I have said differently? Because I feel like if he would have called me that morning or the middle of the night, he wouldn't have did what he did. So it's almost like I'm not going to call Dev. I'm not going to call Kevin. Because I don't want to get talked out of it. So can I ask you, are you angry at him? Um, no. Maybe mad could be a little, like you have no anger, no mad, no nothing. You're not pissed. You never felt no way like this I is messed up. I, I, to be honest, I, I know a lot of people go through that and they feel anger towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's all sadness. Mm. I start really thinking about like in my depressed times and all, you know, different people in my family depressed times. Like 
what he really was feeling that whole time, like what he was really walking around holding when you when you take it that far. You gotta you gotta understand, like we're talking about a person that got a wife, that got a son, that got two daughters, brothers that love him, cousins, big fan, everybody, everybody love you. But you can't see yourself as a valuable person for whatever reason. You just don't see that in yourself. It is 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 wild. No, that's real. And so as you talk about that, I think it was not ironic, I'll say interesting, that you mentioned your experience after his passing, feeling so depressed, and you said almost like suicidal. So the fact that you're grieving and dealing with the fact that someone that you love just took their life, how could that like how could that even enter in your mind? What got you like what was that like? Um you know what it is? It's because um a lot of people deal with um depression and it's and it's chemical. It's not about your life being trash. It's not about uh, for me, I mean and, and I'm not an expert, y'all, so I don't think it's related necessarily to oh what happened when i was little my mom was on drugs uh, this person or i got moved from house to house like it wasn't i really don't feel like i feel any way about that i think sometimes it's literally something that's chemical especially if you see that a lot of people in your family that your blood relatives struggle you know um with these things so i think it was more like you made it all the way 44 and it still happened so if I had those kind of thoughts at a 32, am I not out the woods? Because you still did it after you. Sometimes you feel like, man, you made it this far. Come on, no, dog. Come on. You ain't nobody going to do that. You, 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 you yeah. look how long you, you done survived all of this stuff. Yeah. You done just survived way worse financial situations. You done, you're, you're, you're good in a sense mm -hmm. to do that this late in the game really made me look at it like wow and what happens too is you um you have people in your life that you feel also define who you are like if i like like when i said um it's certain experiences only me and him had mm -hmm. you know certain experiences only me and uh kevin had we got call, call him bear but <laughs> for the sake of y'all i'm trying um you know that kevin had so when you're in a place that feels so dark, when I say I can't describe what this feel, felt like, I literally feel like whatever they said, where you are, the dot that you are in the universe, I felt like I knew where that dot was and how big this void was, how big and black this void was. And I'm trying to figure out where my brother at. Like, yo, where he at? Like, cause, cause the thing is he can't be nowhere. So in my mind, all I could think is, where is Pooh? Where is he at? And that part will drive you fucking crazy. Also, um, you know, like my mom was super concerned because she didn't like me asking questions like that. You know, she's like, I'm worried. I don't like you asking things like that because obviously the tone, what was going on, I'm crying, but I'm trying to really figure out oh, where, where is he? And I never wondered where a person was more than this, even with all the other losses that I had. I mean, we from Camden, New Jersey. You got friends, people passing away. You already know what is, what is with this um, 
pill epidemic. Mm -hmm. We losing people all the time. This time I really was, where is he at? When's the last time you asked yourself that question? Um, I still do. Because you talked a lot. You're talking a lot in the, I was wondering where was my brother. I wanted to know this. So I'm, it seemed a little more past tense. So like, is that something you still got going on now? Yeah, yeah but um, I'm like super grateful to be where I am mentally now because I thought I was, I thought my life was over to be 100% honest, yo. Like, um, I think it was like the, the woman that I dealt with before I got with my girl. So, you know, me and my girl been together for so long now, but I remember that she lost a, um, a sibling and she went into this super dark thing that I just couldn't understand. I under, no idiot. Yeah. I get like you lost somebody, but how long it lasted, how, it was like impossible for her to have a conversation where she didn't bring that up, constant crying randomly. It was like, yo, what's going on? Instantly, I was like, oh, I know now. Fully understood now. I got them fully understood. I told people, people understood that I had a falling out with my friends that I did a million dollars worth of game with. I instantly, instantly, instantly thought about Wallow. I was on my couch crying, thinking about Low. Like, yo, this what he. Oh, this is what he went through, and he was in a cell or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, you, the world becomes a surreal place when people are in your house. That their character, their role in your life, they they're never in your house. So if I'm in my, I know it's real because sometimes you like this ain't real. When I'm sitting on my couch and I look over to the left of me and my sensei isn't there, you know, for y'all that know that I that I, I'm a martial artist. Our relationship is in a dojo. That's where we train, mm -hmm. compete with each other. That's that's where that is. So you now you start seeing all of these people dropping by your house, people that never even came to your home. Mm -hmm. You could know them for years. Mm -hmm. And now everybody is, is a, and they just dare to be like, I'm just here. I don't got nothing I could do for you. I'm just, just know I'm in the house, man. I mean, I'm here. People making sure that you cool because they lost people through you know suicide and things like that yeah i mean it's it's so real it's so deep but i i again you're saying so much that i don't want people to miss that mm -hmm. so two things when you say you don't know until you're actually in somebody's shoes and even then you don't know 100 percent, but you mm -hmm. can empathize a lot more like you said but the other thing is we always say like i wouldn't wish something on my worst enemy and so for you to touch on the, the whole thing with wallow and him losing his brother and this is, guys, with people being at odds or not even say at odds, but just whatever they went through. Yeah, again, you don't, don't wanna, care about none You of don't that. care about none of that because it, it. this is why this show exists, because we have this human experience that we have to live without people that we've only lived with. So That's this, real. So this is a crazy part, too. How you can. um. Damn, I, I, I don't want to say this wrong. This shit is so important. And it's like, I. I just I'm no expert y'all so everything I'm trying to say please don't like uh misconstrue what I'm saying but you know how um you get like a cut or you break your finger or something like that and you keep touching it you got a toothache you keep touching it and you and you know it's going to hurt and yeah. you keep doing it it's kind of like you do that with the pain too it's like why people put on sad music yeah, you break like you're like, stuff, like yeah. right but also it's because when when Jerron died, none of my other problems seemed like they were problems. Mm. 
Nothing. Sometimes I got to remind myself, like, bro, your, your brother died, bro. You think it matters that uh, you didn't pick up a second contract with this person? Or you didn't? And we talking about money, something that's going to buy you some extra, what, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you start really thinking about other issues and things that they not life or death things. Those are resolvable things. And even if they was like, bro, that shit don't even matter. You realize that the only thing unfixable is death. So you, it really like, it, it was also like a life lesson that makes me be able to accept other things easier. You think that I'm worried about losing a show and I, I lost my, my, like a third of myself. Like you, like I said, when you when you a trio and that's what it is, you you might start thinking about anybody. You might start thinking about Migos or somebody that you like. Yo, these dudes mm -hmm. experience all these things together. One of them's missing, mm -hmm. and what that can do. So, yeah, you you just realize like, yo, none of this shit matters, man. I just want my people to be healthy. We good. We we we. Everybody eats every day. We live in comfort. We at work cool. All that other shit, man. Come on, we ain't no reason to be arguing about that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you went through one of the most difficult times, which could be like the heaviest burden and still at times be the heaviest thing. And you seem seem and you can elaborate here like you came out or are working through a different lens and perspective on life now where it seems like a little more lighter. So like for you to be able to put things in perspective and say, hey, this going on, you know, don't have this contract, not having that lost this, blah, blah, blah. It's not that serious where sometimes people come out of tragedy 10 times worse and can't see any light and everything is doom and gloom how can you offer that to somebody else and, and that's like man bro i'm losing this person i lost that person i haven't been able to get back to any any piece of normalcy um i really don't have the answer for that because i do now worry more about losing people mm. so it's more of a paranoia with that is that that's where what it changes into it changes into um yo this person didn't answer the phone are they good you know what i'm saying like because now that's the only thing that i have a true ultimate value on i want to know you know my my girls a lot my son's good my you know like th those are the things that really 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 count i'm making sure that my people are um are straight other than that, all that other stuff, it kind of it, it just doesn't matter. So I don't know how another person would um be able to adjust to that if it would make them numb. I know that, like I said, it, it really does make you feel like you don't care about some other things as much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you when you going through something, people might want you to like, you know, people got jobs. Your job wants you to just go back to work. Yeah. A it's lot, like yeah, that. Yeah. Listen, trust me, y'all. It's like that with everything. At the end of the day, people going to be like, whether it's people that's fans of your work, people that you work alongside with, you go through whatever you're going through. They want, they, where the podcast at? That's what they think. Where the, let's talk about the pod, the podcast. And you could be thinking in your mind, like, a podcast? To be honest, you might you and you know at that time you're like, bro, I'm never talking on a microphone again. I don't care. 
That's real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you're going to go through that. So those are some of the things that people got to battle with, too, while they're going through this is the regular life things, your jobs, your coworkers, your business partners, your, whatever you're doing. To them, they're not in it. That they're in it where they feel better. But all right, we'll be getting back to this. Exactly. Because it's the benefit on the other end. I mean, I think. There was a, a woman that I follow and she lost her daughter. Now, this is somebody who's got money, success, everything. And she just every day is just posting like, I actually don't care. Like mm -hmm. only daughter. So it's like, this is your only daughter, unexpected, young. Like the, the girl, the woman's only got to be like probably 40-ish, something like that. Her daughter was like 21 or 22. So when you look at those things and it's like, why isn't that enough for us to be able to continue moving through life, realizing that today really isn't promise for you or me tomorrow? We don't know what's going I mean, excuse me, today is here, but tomorrow is not really promised for any of us. Why do you think it's so hard for us to stay in that space? Because after I'm guilty of this, like after I lose people, I lost one of my close friends back in 2022, August. I've lost people. You know that. And you may not know that, but I've lost my dad. I've lost my grandmother. So in those moments, I feel more like the paranoia because I still suffer from that. Mm -hmm. I didn't fly for five years because I'm like, I'm going to die. But I don't always stay in that space of gratitude and not getting so stressed and worry about things that at some point are going to become minimal again. Like that constant like seesaw. It's not important. It's super important. Like what? Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen because obviously, you know, being in a better place is the place where you do forget. Like, to be honest, like to be because that's why I said it's like you get tethered. You 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 like look for it sometimes or sometimes like this. Um, You came to my brother's, um, you know, send off or whatever. You know, you came there. Talk heavy came there. And um, even during that time. It was people, all family that love him and everything. We're talking about blood cousins, blood sisters, all of that. They broke down upon seeing me. Because I am that reminder when you. It's like the amigos or anything else. Yeah. If I see you, it's always supposed to be this person there. So it was them walking in there and seeing me. As soon as I would catch eye contact with somebody there balling because they're also like how do you feel my aunt his mother you know when i go over there whatever you know she texts me and was just like sometimes when you there i don't want to weird you out or um or like remind you of something but i just want to hug you and hold on to you because it's like the only thing i got of my son and she said she said to me i don't expect it was it was a weird thing. I didn't know what she was saying at first. She said, I don't expect you to feel the same way that I feel about losing my son. She was like, I understand that y'all thing is is a different thing mm -hmm. that the that the closeness that's the, I don't even know y'all. She was like. And sometimes I, I want to bring him up, but I don't want to you know upset you and i told her like you have to you know anytime you want to you got to you know what i'm saying do you think bringing him up it upsets you like do you feel because 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 in being full transparency mm -hmm. with us 
having the show mm-hmm. and recording and all of that stuff mm-hmm. like that, like after the the passing of your brother, mm-hmm. you didn't really sit in in the conversations. And I, I checked, I checked on you. Like I'll say, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, how is Dev the human? Like, like, just how were yeah. you? Like, but I don't know. I don't know if if, if it's as open door to just talk about it. Um, well, because it's hard. Because what you know, this is a, a grief show, so. Um, I'm coming in here. I've been, you know, recording this show for a long time before coming to this network and everything like that. And obviously, uh, for those that don't know, my actual job as a production company, I, she's a business partner with me in that. Um, but having to hear other people's stories of loss when you're like when it's fresh and we're face to face, it's not like watching on TV. Like this is a human being that's going through that, that's sitting in the seat that I'm yeah. sitting in now while I'm sitting behind the computer. And it's like, Oh yeah, I ain't ready to be in here. Like crying in yeah. front of people. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, let me, let me, let me slide out or whatever. Just like I said, I was avoiding this for, I got like, like nervous and, and went in the bathroom like before <laughs> coming in here. I'm like, oh man, I'm about to, yeah, it's about tough. to cancel this joint. No, you're not canceling it. Mm. You weren't going to cancel it. But do you feel that crying has helped you or, or does it hurt you? Like, no, it, it helps actually. Um, you know, sometimes like when you have that good one for that moment, it yeah. does after, cause it, you can only cry so long. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah. you, you know, you get back to what you're going to, you got to think like I, I design for a living. I work on product a lot. I spend a lot of time in solitude. That's true. Y'all. So much time. You may watch this stuff and see me with the crew and everything like that. But I have to spend so much time at the desk, editing, drawing, mm-hmm. designing. I might be designing something, drawing for 15 hours straight, like regularly. Mm-hmm. During that time, you don't got nothing to do but think. That's true. Songs come on that remind you of that person, whether it's something they used to listen to. Sometimes you feel compelled to start listening to because you're looking for anything of them. But um, I was like recently listening to some song on repeat and I didn't even realize it was like a gospel song. I, I, I don't know what it is that the lyrics go something like uh, all at once I came alive. These bleeding hearts, something like that. Right. So I'm listening to this song because I saw a UFC fighter come to the ring with it. And I was like, yo, that song is dope. So I'm listening to it on repeat, realize it's like a gospel song mm-hmm. or something. And I had this joint on repeat, repeat, repeat. And while that song is on, I'm literally thinking about this dude for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. And then his sister. Text me and just was like. Every time, all they said was, every time I think about him, I think about you. Mm, and I'm like, yo, I'm literally in here just listening. Like, that's all. This is what's on my mind. And it'll be stuff like that. that I had you start crying about some shit. And with my son, he had like a talk with me where he was like, I don't want you to feel like um, I don't care, but I don't be knowing what to do. If you see somebody that you never see crying or nothing and you could hear me through the vents. He's like, I can hear you downstairs. Like, I don't know what to do. I can't fix this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's even when you hear that from somebody, you're like, damn. Cause you start feeling like you getting on people's nerves. Like, I don't want to be in here crying. My girl, we me and my girl could be watching anything. When I'm sitting there watching documentaries about wrestlers and the dude brother kills himself. Mm. And I know that in her mind, she's like, I hope this ain't 
it's it's like it's like if two people was together and one cheated on the other one before, and now the dude in the movie yeah, is cheating. It's kind of like that. It's 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 obvious. It's, yeah. it's in a room. It's in yeah. a room. So especially when it's situations that's so, um, close in scenario, where it's like, I know she's thinking about it, and I'm in here just trying to get past this part. Because yeah, ain't no way I'm gonna ever see anybody anybody that says something about that threatens to kill themselves that you know t- talks about how dark or depressed they get. I feel almost compelled to reach out to them to say something in their DM who are the strangers. Hey man, because I know how like that's real. You're gonna affect a lot of people. You're gonna put people in some bad situations. You're gonna leave people behind financially. Is somebody gonna have to pick up that tab? It's a lot that happens. It's a lot that happens. And I think having more of the open conversations like this and just being able to communicate that perspective, humanizing, not glorifying, but humanizing it and really being open about that. I don't know exactly how to access, but because I think when anybody dies, for the most part, it's something that you weren't really expecting. Because even when I had loved ones in the hospital on hospice, it's like a part of your brain. This is, again, my experience where I'm like, they're not going to die, though. Like, like death isn't coming. So you don't always accept it. So because the time was kind of stolen from you, everything just like transpired really quickly. You went to the hospital, you did all that. Have you found yourself thinking about in those solitude moments what you would say to your brother now or like do you just talk out loud openly or 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 has the relationship not been able to transcend into intangible so one i'm so glad that i was um because i know a lot of people lose people and they never get that like closure i'm so grateful that whatever happened and we was able to sit and have that conversation for that two hours and 38 minutes right but also when i got excuse me when i got to the hospital and they ended up asking me um you know they ended up telling us to go into this room they were just like just the brother and his wife they're the only ones that could go or whatever we go and um they sit us in this room now mind you i'm in this room waiting she's nervous does i'm telling her like yo that security guard says such and such we're on another floor now that same guard comes knocks on the door comes in there offers us water or something and he says just relax he is fine this dude tells me this she's kind of annoyed closes the door she's like i'm not listening to a fucking security guard like i'm trying to hold on to everything Mm -hmm. when the doctor came in different vibe yeah doctor comes in and says um do you know what kind of depression medicine because that's what he did was he overdosed on all of his different Mm. uh, depression medications Mm -hmm. and they were talking about the things that they could see in the toxicology or whatever but they were trying to say we're trying to figure this out because we're trying to figure out how to neutralize this Mm. when they walk you into a room been there and there's a line of doctors you're sitting in a conference table now this isn't a regular you're at a they said i'm letting you know that your brother is the sickest person in this hospital. We're trying everything. We're trying to stabilize him enough 
that we because we don't have the machine here that we need. We need to get him to a place where we can put him on a helicopter and take him to this other place that had that. So when they're telling you these things and they're like trying to explain to you, like, this is so serious, but we're going to try everything in our path. You're like, you, you start withering away. And then I'm in there, you know, you know, get to go in there a couple times. I see him. The machines got him running. I'm talking to him out loud. That's what made me think about that. You know, I'm talking to him. I, and, you know, everything's going to mean something to you because you want it to. Right. Mm. You want it to elaborate on that. So while I'm talking to him, a tear just runs mm. out of his eyes. Mm. And the, for the, 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 you know, for the doctors or the nurses that's in there, they're like, you know, that's just a reaction that could happen from, you know, whatever, you know, like whatever's happening. He's breathing. He got tubes in him, whatever the case may be. But it was just that one thing while I'm talking to him. And, um, yeah, man, I talked to my to my brother at that time. And then um, when it got super late and they told everybody, like, there's nothing else we could do tonight. We shutting down. You guys go home. Figure, you know, we'll figure out what to do from there. I came back from Atlantic City all the way back to this side um, of Camden County. Um, of Jersey went to sleep got a call from the wife in the middle of the night they said we gotta come right now um it's, 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 it's over there's nothing they can do so basically she was asking me like permission like to pull the plug or whatever they call you know what I'm saying and um we had to get right back up ride down there Say your last goodbyes, try, man, you just want to touch any part of their body you can, touching his feet, touch, touch his face, touch his hair, anything. That shit is crazy. But I said everything that I could say, and it's, it's just wild being in that room with, um, other people when you guys were all just in the Dominican Republic together for a week and just having fun and just drinks and you know, my brother Kevin got married mm -hmm. and he went and got his um Jerome went and got his um paperwork yeah, so that efficient. he could be the efficient. So he married them oh, wow. and everything. And like we just we at least had that. And it's like now you really just sitting in this room looking around at everybody just distraught. And this is it. It's over. Yeah. Crazy. Un unreal. See his kids there. It's like his him and his son like this crazy yeah that's a lot that's a lot to to process it's a lot to share it's a lot to talk about thank you for walking us into that side and i think that i'm sure some people will feel whatever way but hopefully you can see that there's going to come a time where the things that you think are the most important are not the most important and what i've realized is just time because it was something that as a quote that I was like, you never understand the value of a moment until that's all you have is mm -hmm. that memory. So like going to the DR when you're there, you're not thinking like, but see, the weird thing is for me. But now I think about moments because I think at some point somebody going to die because it's just again, when you have experienced certain levels of trauma and loss, I do think of it that way. Like I just had my daughter's birthday party. It's like. 
man, I got I got all these people there together. You know, some of the older people like, okay, so so weird. When I got the video back, I'm like, okay, she's in the video. It's in my mind, I'm like, at some point, somebody in here is gonna die. And it's gonna be like, oh, I'm glad we have this. So there's a um picture. Um my my cousin Mike, he's he's divorced now, so he calls it the family banquet now. But it was really his <laughs> wedding, these pictures from it. That's kind of funny. But um there's a picture of all the men on a step. And it's so crazy because when you look at the picture, now you start reading all this extra stuff in the picture. Mm -hmm. You go to the top of the at the top of these stairs. Everybody's got tuxedos on. Mm -hmm. In order and how they died, it's my uncles, my and my brother. So it's like, holy shit, this is in order. Uncle Mike, Uncle Kev. Jerron. And now you're like, you're really wondering, like you start looking in the pictures and thinking things that you don't even believe. You're not, I'm not like a superstitious person or nothing, yeah, me but I look in pictures and just wonder what was he thinking at that moment? I look at all these pictures and I notice on how many pictures, how many of those pictures he's holding on to me. You look at, look at all of these pictures and somehow out of this crowd of people is all, it's going to be him holding on my shirt on the back of me. At all time, even as babies, mm. you know, you, you, things mean more now. Like though, even those pictures going back to him, like they mean something different. His wife, when she sent me, um, uh, when he first passed and she said, yo, yo, he, he, he worshiped you. Mm. Even that type of stuff, you feel like, well, not enough to listen to me when, I, you know. You start like just critiquing things and it, it's crazy. Yeah, no, your mind could definitely run wild. I mean, I think that I'm glad you got to get a lot of this out and express it because it's not easy and it's not something that we always do. But I can't let you go without telling me if you had to choose a color for your grief, what would it be and why? It's black. Like I told you, I felt like I was in a dark hole somewhere, pit of your stomach, uh, you know, floating out in space. Whatever you would feel if somebody, if you was on a spaceship and somebody pushed you out and you was just floating and you can't see where the next planet is at and you just in the dark, that's where I was. It wasn't nothing beautiful, no dope color, no nothing about mine, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, Black. Sorry, y'all. No, listen, no, you're not the only person that feels that way. I mean, I think that our mood and our perspective and how we see things is just a reality. And it's just kind of where we are. We share these conversations because also, again, for the show too, like having a lot of men of color on it is very important because it's not something that you always see. Again, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, and again, not to say that I think mental health and mental illness has not been taken serious. I think we have done a phenomenal job, crazy strides forward. But I don't know that we always deep dive in public what the reality of that looks like to say, oh, yeah, that, that guy was depressed. Yeah, a lot of people having depression. But like this conversation can show you, you know, this is what depression can lead to. This is how sometimes it stems from everybody being in a similar situation. Maybe it is chemical. A lot of times things are biopsychosocial. So chemical, also your environment, your influence, it all depends. So I don't know that we always show as much. So that was the goal, you know, of the conversation too. To yeah, just people show that don't want to say, um, 
publicly that they're depressed because people link depression to failure. Mm, that's deep. If I if I if I express to people that I feel at my lowest point, people just have this thing where they like want to equate it to he must be broke, or mm. he must be. His, his, his wife must be cheating on him. Like that's how people people don't. That's true. They, so people aren't going to say that a person could be a millionaire. They're doing very well for themselves. They got everything. They can't figure out what the hell is wrong with me. That can even drive a person more crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's like yo, I got money. I'm my family's. What the fuck is wrong? And. People don't want to um, put that stuff out there because especially if you tell the public that you haven't thoughts about taking your own life, there's going to be people that joke about that. Well, then do it then. Man, people don't understand, man. People going through stuff. Man. Nah, people definitely going through stuff. And we appreciate you tuning in and checking out this conversation with the very, very familiar face here on the network and just understanding what it's like to go through tough times. I, I want to say something real quick. Yeah. Um, That's why this was like important. Um. Um, y'all, um, you know, when we do our shows, it's not, you know, sometimes we'll get serious on the show, but most of the time I know that when y'all come to the network, y'all come here to laugh or you, you know, and I, sometimes I don't know what y'all want to be mm -hmm, honest. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, somebody getting ready to watch the show, they done rolled up, whatever they did, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they got their food ready. And now I'm coming, I'm going to talk to them about something real. They might be like, damn, this ain't even, I thought I was about to bug out with the gang. So I said, well, maybe I should just start showing you guys other programming where where we could talk about some some real things, because it's been so many uh, episodes that you've done that are things that people need it. They just need to hear it. They need to hear it. They need to hear these other stories. They, they need to know that there's other parts of the personalities that y'all see on this network and people that aren't on this network mm -hmm. that'll be coming on here. Um, you, I, you did a phenomenal episode with Oskino mm -hmm. phenomenal. Y'all mm -hmm. go and watch the grief bully Oskino one right after this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think it's super important and I'm glad that we're able to give this and other kind of content to the audience. Nah, definitely. We're going to keep trying to, bring these conversations, provide a healing platform and just be able to show more of, of our experience. And listen, like we said, death, loss, grief, mourning, all of that stuff is one thing that we all are going to be faced with, whether we want to or not, how we move through it. So tuning into the show can help you see, okay, I've been through something similar or that person went through that and just taking different nuggets and gems, but just to realize like you're not alone. Like you are not by yourself in this experience. Life is tough. It's hard, but yeah, you got this. So drop a comment. Let us know your thoughts on the show, the feedback. Maybe we can send Dev some love and just continue on his journey of, of healing and moving forward. And um, yeah, if you're not following me already, I don't know what the heck you're doing. You know where to find this guy. If you don't, it's at Devin Wade on the social media platform, Instagram and me. He doesn't want to talk to you probably on there because he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, yeah, I don't know what he does with his DMs um, and to the wifey, I'm not telling. Yeah, she's not I'm me. Not, she doesn't mean that. I am that. making a public service announcement. I am not telling people, to, <laughs> women, to slide into his DMs. So let's just make that clear. Um, but yeah, you can follow me over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole. Guys, so next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. Peace.